Welcome, welcome. Oh, goodness. Here we are. The second episode. Welcome to Twisted Wicked Crime with me, your host, Christina. I hope everybody's having a beautiful day. And I'm just going to get right into this case. This is a deep one. This is a tough one with lots of sexual assault and rape, and it's just all over horrific. So if you don't want to listen to something like this, you can skip ahead. I'm telling you this case early on because I do want to cover the toy box killer. And if you know who that guy is, he is the devil of the earth, just the worst human being. And what he did was unspeakable. Now these two, yes, I said two that I'm going to talk about today are almost just as bad as him, but slightly not. And you'll kind of see why when I talk about the two, but I feel like if I present you this first, that when I bring you toy box killer, you'll be prepared. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the Ken and Barbie killers, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka. And as I said, this is a tough one. So Carla was born on May 4th, 1970 in Ontario, Canada. Now this case takes place in Canada. Her mom is Dorothy Seeger and her dad's name was Carol. And I believe it's spelled Carol. I believe it's Carol. It's spelled K-R-K-A-R-E-L. So Carol is what I'm going with. And now Carol, her dad, was a horrible dad. He was bad. He had a bad drinking problem and he was really mean to her mom and siblings. And he was abusive. Carla had two sisters who would later help fight back against their dad. So they were trying to stick up for themselves. So right away, Carla is not in a good place. She's not being raised in a good home. And she would try to escape. And she liked to read Nancy Drew and Hardy Boy books. But at the same time, growing up, she was really bossy to her friends and would tell them what to do and what they were going to play. And she delegated everybody. One day, she made a parachute and tied it to a friend's hamster. Then she threw it out a window. That poor thing obviously didn't make it, so they buried it. <clears throat> and a few weeks later, Carla dug it up to see what a decomposed animal looked like. Her head is twisted because this is strange. Carla was an animal lover. She wanted to be a vet. So why would she torture this poor hamster? Why did she want to see what it looked like decomposed? I'm telling you, she is making for a bad person are ready. Now, she first would have like super highs growing up. She was super happy. She was talking about college. And like I said, she wanted to be a vet. She was like, I'm happy I'm doing this. But then she became super mouthy to her parents. And then there were her lows where she'd become super depressed. She was just all over the place. She even got to the point where she would tell her friends that she cut herself and would attempt to kill herself and tried to OD one time. Now, her sister and her Lori were known to fight back against their dad, and they would tell him to fuck off when fighting. They just, this family was just all over the place. And before meeting Paul, Carla dated a guy named Doug. And they had sex, and Carla described it as BDM style. She was really into that. And Doug was like, hmm, no, 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 no. We were like missionary. We were just boring, plain old 
normal sex. Friends were ashamed that she was like this, and they were also alarmed because she became more and more interested in the occult. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but in her case, it was. She had a lot of darker fantasies and probably where she was like most attracted to Paul when she met him. Now, Paul was born on August 27, 1964 in Ontario, Canada to Kenneth and Marilyn Bernardo. Now, Kenneth, Paul's dad, was a disgusting human being. Huh, shocker. He had a real bad childhood himself and his dad faced child molestation charges and he was also known around town as a peeping tom so paul is off to a great start now he was verbally and physically abused and did it to the entire family now this was horrible to paul's mother and he called her every name in the book poor marilyn suffered from depression and it's not hard to see why when she was being physically abused and Kenneth was abusing his children and his siblings and all that. Now, Paul at this time was described as well-mannered, a happy, smiling kid and well-adjusted, which is just shocking coming from this household that he's living in, right? And this is when things turned worse for Paul. At the age of 16, he learned that his father was not his biological father. Now, why would you say this is where things turned worse? Well, Paul was very upset by this. My head is like, I would be happy that this abusive, nasty child molester is not my dad. But no, Paul was upset by this and he called his mother a whore, and started verbally abusing her, just like his dad, Kenneth. Paul dated girls after high school, and he used his job to pick up the girls, but none of them lasted very long. Huh, I wonder why, you know? It's kind of not hard to picture. Now, on October 7th, 1987, Paul and Carla cross each other's paths. Now, I should mention that Paul also had those dark fantasies like Carla, so when they met, it was an instant connection. Carla at this time was 17 and Paul was 23. The two met at a hotel, and then just a few hours later, they were already having sex. <laughs> they were like instantly falling in love. Now they started dating, and Carla's family absolutely loved Paul. Like Paul was this charmer and I do not understand this because a year into their relationship, Paul became verbally abusive to Carla, just like daddy Kenneth. He's just following right in that path. You think as a normal human being, Carla would be like, all right, peace out. I'm out. You're going to verbally abuse me. But no, she's a sick, twisted fuck just like him. So naturally on December 24th, 1989, they get engaged. But... There's a little thing that you should know about Paul. Paul is already an established rapist, a pretty well-established one. No one knew he was, but the media and the police were referring to him as the Scars Brower Rapist. 
1987 is when he started becoming the Scarsboro rapist. Now, him and Carla were engaged in 1989. So he was doing this prior to meeting Carla and during him and Carla's dating. He was just this rapist and Carla didn't have any idea. Now, it's said that he had 24 successful or attempted ones in a five-year frame on young girls and teenagers. He would attack them with beatings and threaten them outside where they were. He would do it near their houses, too, and tell them, you say anything and I'll come back to kill you. He is a disgusting, disgusting human being. A 21-year-old was raped in her front yard by Paul. A 19-year-old was raped by Paul in her backyard. Right in the houses, you guys. Paul is just the worst. In May 1988, he was almost caught. But then, like all these stupid criminals, they get away. In 1988 is when he got away, is when he did something. He stabbed a girl in the butt and thigh. And that's the one where he almost got caught. And in 1990, 19-year-old, this one is a very vivid description of him. Like she gave a very vivid description to the police. So the police questioned him twice and he was willing to provide samples of semen and they asked him why he thought they think that it's, you know, well, what am I trying to say? He thought, he said he thinks, I guess I look like the sketch. I mean, I mean, I could be the guy. I mean, I look like him, but I'm not. So I'll provide you with whatever you want. Now, DNA testings were very new at this time. And there was hundreds and thousands of DNA samples that were being collected for this. So his got tossed in with the rest. So at this point, he is just like going to get tested at some point. So he's going to get caught eventually. But right now there's like thousands of them and they got to match that up. Just a matter of when is now when Carla's family loved him, especially her sister Tammy. This guy is a piece of shit and her family loves him. Now her sister Tammy, she was around 15 years old at this time and she really loved Paul. She was like a special kind of liking. Now Paul noticed that Tammy loved him, not in like a sexual way. Tammy just really liked Paul as a person. But Paul, oh, he took a special liking to her. And not in a good way, you guys. And this is where it's going to start to get really hard. At this time, Paul lost his job as an accountant. And, well, Paul had a really and very weird and gross infatuation with Tammy at this point. It was just beyond obsessed and disgusting. And in 1990, Paul was trying to hint sex with Tammy. He said, I would love it if you would let me have sex with you. You, Well, Tammy's like, what? So he goes to Carla 
And he's like, I would love it if you let me have sex with your sister. Now, Carla was all about this because she would do anything for Paul. And she would do anything to please him. Paul was really upset. Carla was not a virgin, so he wanted a virgin. He wanted, he likes those young girls because they're virgins and that's just disgusting, you guys. He is just disgusting. He loved taking the girls' virginities. So he was very, very obsessed with Tammy. He would make Carla dress like her during sex and Carla went along with it. He would watch Tammy undress from outside her window and Carla helped because, you know, she loved to please him. She opened windows for him and broke shades. He would jack it and she would help him. Now, at this point, Carla was going to allow Paul to take Tammy's virginity. Fucking awesome, Carla. Like, you are, this is your sister. And this is your fiancé. You just are just decent human beings, aren't you? So Carla worked as a vet tech and had lots of access to tranquilizers and etc. Carla stole a bottle of Valium to sedate Tammy so Paul could have his way with her. And on that night in July, Carla made Tammy a special spaghetti dinner because she did this often for her sister. This is when Tammy went out cold. Paul began to rape her, and Carla watched. Carla watched her fiancé rape her 15-year-old sister. Now, unfortunately for them, she woke up. Now, Carla and Paul told her she fell asleep. So nothing really happened at this point, but on December In 1990, six months before their wedding, it was Xmas Eve, and everyone was over for dinner. Now, this is something that you're going to hear quite often with this case is they had the family over for dinner a lot and then did these horrible things like right after, and this is something I will never understand. And after everybody went to sleep, Carla and Paul invited Tammy to watch a movie with them, and they spiked some eggnog. And that was just, it was laced with halothin, I think is how you say that. And it was a much stronger drug. This was not a regular dose. It was a lot. And it can restrict your airways. So Tammy passed out. Paul started raping unconscious Tammy while Carla videotaped it on this camera where they had just filmed Their Christmas time. (sighs) And when Tammy would start to come to, they would hold a halothane-soaked cloth over her mouth. So now she's breathing it in. Just disgusting. It wasn't just Paul raping Tammy. Oh, no, no, no. Mm -mm. Carla, the disgusting human being she is, would also rape her sister. They would take turns. And they did this several times. Tammy started vomiting and then choked on it. And no one was helping her. Paul nor Carla was helping Tammy as she's choking on her vomit. And instead of helping her, 
They cleaned her up and dressed her and then called 911. Tammy had a bad chemical burn on her face from the halothane. And Carla and Paul claimed that she got really drunk and crazy and then passed out. And at this point, that's when they drug her across the carpet and took her back to her room. And that's where she got the burn. It's from a, from a carpet burn. Tammy was rushed to St. Catherine Hospital and was pronounced dead when she arrived. Now, this case was ruled as an accident because they said that was a rug burn. But you clearly, you can look up photos online, you guys, and I I don't advise you, but if you really want to, they, they're, they're pretty gruesome pictures. You can see that chemical burn on her face, and that's no way that that's a rug burn. That's no way. And if you guys just tested her for the amount of drugs that she had in her system from stupid Carla... Now, it's three weeks after Tammy's death, and Paul and Carla were set to wed. Now, they videotaped what was now called the fireside chat in Carla's house. I'm going to go into a little details of this fireside chat, because they videotaped everything, you guys. Again, they videotaped raping, them taking turns raping Tammy and Carla will claim later that she had nothing to do with it, but yet she's very much on those tapes. This is also known as the case of the police making a deal with the devil because Carla is just as bad. But this video starts in the basement with the two of them and they're naked in front of the fire. They're getting it on and Carla says and tells Paul how much she loved watching him rape her sister. Now it's graphic. Carla is disgusting and she's a scary human being. Oh yeah. She said she loved watching him rape the girl a few days before Tammy's death too. Because you guys, they raped another one before Tammy. Carla didn't join in on that one. I don't think, but she said, I want to get it all the virgins for you that you want. I want to do this every single weekend. Carla's like, I want you to get all the virgins you want. I want to do it every weekend with you. In this videotape, she's talking about that. She also goes on to say she wants four kids with him so he can rape them. These people are these, they're like not even scum. They deserve like the worst things in hell when they get there. Because they're both alive. I th- well, I think Paul's still alive. I know I know Carla is because she's walking free. And we'll, we'll get about that because that's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they moved to Tanny, Tammy's room where Carla dresses in Tammy's clothes and spoke in her voice. Then they have sex on Tammy's bed. Carla lured girls to Paul. So this is how they did it. She would find the girls and she'd lure them to Paul. And on June 7th in 1991, Carla invited a 15-year-old girl that she used to work with out for a girls' night. She laced her drink and then brought her to Paul. Paul videoed while Carla raped her. And then 
Paul did. So Carla did it first this time, and then Paul. Now the next morning, she woke up throwing up, and she thought she had been from the drinking, and they invited her to spend the night. You know, in August, the same thing happened as Tammy. They called 911, but they canceled it. They never received her, and they they messed with her, you know? Like, they, they really... She, this poor girl, who's unknown, is... We, we don't know her name, but she thought she had a hung, hangover. She thought, like, that this was from drinking. No, this was Paul and Carla. This is just awful. Are you guys ready for this to be over yet? Because we're not even done. So here we go. We're going to get some more here. Now we know how Carla and Paul and their pasts and they really started to go down this awful thing. Now this is a month after Tammy's death and her parents were talking. We're taking it very hard. I mean, come on, your child passed away. Not Carla. She was more mad and upset that they were, that they didn't want her having a wedding a month after Tammy died. This is where Carla's head is at, you guys. She is so selfish. She does not want her parents being upset. And she's mad that her parents are like, no, you can't have a wedding after your sister just died. And Carla couldn't believe her dad would buy Tammy a Porsche, but he wouldn't pay for her wedding, which, by the way, was just, like, over the top. And because Paul lost his job, he was selling cigarettes over the border illegally. And, of course, if you were wondering, they were still making videos of Carla dressed and talking like Tammy because, naturally, they're sick people. At this time, the Scarsboro rapes had suddenly stopped and a new stream was happening in St. Catherine, right near where Paul and Carla lived. Weird, because they had moved. And so the Scarsboro stopped. But now it's happening in St. Catherine. Hmm, that's weird at Jump Ship. You would think somebody would put two and two together. <laughs> On January 15th, Paul was out looking for license plates to steal for his cigarette business. You know, just an all-over good guy here when he saw 14-year-old Leslie McAfee in front of her house. It was around 2 a.m., and she couldn't get into the house. Her parents actually locked her out to teach her a lesson because she missed curfew. And you guys, this is just sad because her parents were just trying to teach her a lesson, and what's about to happen is just horrific and I can only imagine what her parents are feeling at this point. Ay, ay, ay. Paul approached her and asked her if she wanted a cigarette. When she got closer to his car, he attacked her and put a coat over her and then took her to the back of his and Carla's house. Leslie was held hostage for 24 hours while they continued to rape and torture her, all while filming it. She was locked out because she missed curfew. This is 2 a.m. I'm not blaming her whatsoever, but she, don't go to cars with strangers, okay? And she was held hostage for 21 hours, and they raped her and tortured her, and they're filming it. 
and then they murdered her. I can't even describe like the feeling in my stomach right now. Now the murder was not on tape and Carla went on to say it was because they blindfolded her and it slipped off and that's the reason they killed her because they didn't want uh, Leslie to identify them. So that's why they killed her. (laughs) Now Paul wanted to keep these girls as sex slaves for days. He'd put them in the basement because all of Karma's family was coming over for, well, you know, dinner because that's what they do. (laughs) Her family was coming over for dinner. Now, after they left, Paul dismembered Leslie with a chainsaw. So poor Leslie, they murdered her, put her in the basement while they all had dinner, laughing their asses off, and then Paul dismembers her with a chainsaw. And he encased her in cement and then dumped her into Lake Gibson. Now, two weeks later, the happy couple gets married. Yay! Isn't that what we were all hoping for? I know I was. And it was very ugly, over the top, very gaudy. Leslie's remains were uncovered by a fisherman the same day as Paul and Carla's wedding. How ironic is that, you guys? That is just that is just the best. Oh, they're getting married and up pops Leslie's dismembered body. I think that's karma coming at it, you know. <laughs> oh, on April 19th, 1992, Paul and Carla decided to go on a drive looking for another sex slave for Paul. They parked in a church parking lot and waited when 15-year-old Kristen French walked through the parking lot. On her way home from school, she was beautiful. When Kristen approached the passenger side of the car, Paul came up from behind her and folded her. Well, what am I trying to say? I'm getting tripped up on my words, you guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) She was passing and Paul came up behind her and blindfolded her and then threw her in the back of the car while Carla held her hair and Paul held a knife to her to keep her in the car. Kristen's parents immediately reported her missing. She was a reliable kid. People came forward about seeing her abducted because, you guys, they did this in broad daylight in a parking lot of a church. So, of course, people saw And unfortunately, one woman falsely reported the wrong car and the wrong type. So they're looking for a certain car while Paul and Carla are driving another one. Kristen was held captured and captive for three days. And they did the same thing as they did to Leslie. They took turns raping Kristen while each of them videotaped it. Paul would even make Kristen watch news coverage of her parents asking for her return. That is just horrific. This poor girl is getting raped and tortured by Carla and by Paul. It's being videotaped, and Paul's making her watch the news coverage. Yay, her poor parents. Now, Kristen tried to be cordial and not, you know, like, fight it too much in hopes that maybe they would let her go if she did what they asked, And on April 19th, three days later, Paul and Carla murdered Kristen. Carla said they killed her because they had to go to work and they didn't want her alone in the house and escaping. 
And again, identifying them. Paul always said Carla did all the murders. Maybe it was out of jealousy. I don't know. Now, I think Carla was probably a little jealous. Now, he said Carla murdered Kristen while he was out at the store getting the three of them dinner. So one is saying, eh, we did it because we had to go to work. And the other is saying, no, I, she did it while we were out getting dinner. Carla testified as she stood in the room and watched Paul strangle Kristen with an electrical cord. So she's saying she watched Paul do this. It wasn't her. It was Paul. Now, they left her where she laid. They showered, and they went to dinner with Carla's family for Easter dinner. Why does this always happen when they're doing dinner with their family? After dinner, they returned, cleaned Kristen off, chopped off all her hair, and then dumped her not far from where they dumped Leslie's body. This is where things got really bad with Paul and Carla. Paul would beat Carla bad every day. Just repeats of his father. Ay, ay, ay. Now, May 12th, Paul was brought into the police again. And here's where my thing is going to cut me off. So I'm going to take a quick pause and I'll be right back. Okay, so Paul was brought into the police. And they were putting like two in, the two murders together. Paul realized, of course, of what they were calling the schoolgirl murders, okay? So these two girls, they were murdered in like the same way and they were dumped in the same area. So they're starting to recognize this. On January 6, 1993, Carla was admitted to St. Catherine's General Hospital because Paul had beaten her so bad. He beat her viciously with a flashlight. A flashlight. And he was arrested for assault charges. And then he was released on bail. These people, with their getting their chances of second chances and second chances and third chances and getting out on bail or getting away with it because there's not enough evidence, these people need to be put away. Ugh. This is when Carla's family convinced her to leave Paul. Carla moved back in with her parents and the police brought Carla in for questioning on the on the assault. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm getting tripped up. Now, they already suspected Paul of being the Scarsboro rapist. And if they could capture all that, if he was capable of doing this to Carla, he was capable of doing that, right? So he had to be it. Now, a month later is when his DNA was tested. And guess what? It was a match. Remember, he gave it willingly over and years earlier. It took years for them to find this, but Paul was successfully uh, matched as a Scarsborough rapist. Just craziness. Oy. Paul was put under surveillance and they tapped his phone. Carla knew who these police guys were from the news and didn't want to, she was scared, so she didn't want to talk. Even though they weren't asking her about the murders, they brought her in about the assault, but she was like worried about the murder, so she's not saying anything because they are all over the news about the schoolgirl murders, right? So she's like, I know these police people. 
Now, Carla went to her uncle's and she confessed everything. They both took parts in it that Paul was manipulative and he was into doing it. And she told that Paul was the Scarsboro rapist. So she told her uncle, she's telling him everything. She got a lawyer and then confessed everything as well. And she was claiming this entire time that she was the victim. She agreed to testify against Paul for a shorter sentence. So this is where the deal with the devil was made. She was going to get two 10-year sentences, so 20 years. That could be used at the same time. So in other words, she was getting 10 years. And another two years would be added for Tammy's death with a chance of parole in three. So you're looking at 12 years total in prison and only two for her sister's death. Like that's insane. On February 17th, Paul was arrested for the murders of Leslie and Kristen and being the Scarsboro rapist. They now had enough on him by following him and tapping his phone. Warrants were issued to search the home. Now they found a journal of Paul's detailing all the horrific details of what he had done along with the videotape of them ripping the unidentified woman, which was what Carla's worker was. Um, Now, Carla was clearly a willing participant in this and wants to do it as well. But she had already made this deal with the police. Police said she was smiling and laughing on tape, enjoying herself very thoroughly. Yep, they made a deal with the devil. She's in prison, and Carla wrote a letter to her parents while undergoing psychological care, saying her and Paul murdered and raped Tammy. Paul was in love with her and wanted to have sex with her. And then she just is going on like, you know, I still love you. I didn't want to do it, but Paul, blah, blah. She's just blaming Paul for everything. But she was just like, again, you guys, she was a very, I mean, that fireside videotape is horrific. Hey, yay. Now, Paul's trial wasn't till two years later. And just before his trial is when they found the mother load of tapes. Oh, hallelujah. Carmen's coming to get both of them, except for, like I said, police made a deal with Carla and she got the 12 years. So at this point, they can't go back on that, but they're about to see, excuse me, they're about to see it all. The tapes showed all the graphic rapings and beatings of the girls. And Carla was happy and willing. Now people were pissed that Carla only got 12 years and I, for one, am one of them. Like, just, I, okay, she helped murdered her sister. Like, she should get more than two years than that. And she helped rape and do all that other stuff. I mean, I get it. She spilled the beans about Paul and all that. So they're going to give her a deal. But this was just disgusting. On May 1st, 1995, jury trial started for Paul. Now the trial took four months and Paul was found guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to life in prison and in Canada that's 20 years. 
Life in prison is 20 years in Canada. That is just mind-boggling. But Paul was labeled as extremely dangerous, so it's not likely he will ever get out. And as far as I know, you guys, he is still alive in prison. Um, It's been more than 20 years, obviously, and he's still there, so I don't think he's getting out. Now, Carla served all her sentences, all 12 years. <laughs> Yay. So now Carla is a free woman. She lived a cushy life in prison. There's like pictures and videos of her from prison, like just smiling. Like she had a nice, nice little prison life. So they moved her to a less cushy prison where there was male and females, which is bizarre to me. Like you have a prison with male and females. I don't think they were like in the same place, but they could see each other through the fence and stuff. So what do you think Carla did? (laughs) Well, she met another Paul. There was another guy in there that basically did the same thing Paul did. He was a rapist and he was just a disgusting human being. And Carla was like, "Mm, hello, I'm going to send you my underwear through the fence. (laughs) Let's be besties. I love you. You're like my Paul. Disgusting. July 4th, 2005. She was released, even though, this is mind-boggling to me when they do this. She was released even though they said she was a danger and she would likely offend again. So you're telling me this woman raped and killed her sister, helped Paul rape and herself rape and kill a couple other girls, videotaped it, said she wanted to have kids with Paul, so that he could rape them. And she got 12 years and then you're saying that she's dangerous and that she would likely offend again, but you're going to let her walk free anyway? That is just mind-boggling. Now this is just like really going to make you mad and really just get under your skin in every single way. Within a year, she remarried. So she gets out of prison and not even a year later, she's remarried. She's forgotten about Paul. She's moved on. She has three children with him. And she said she had three kids for the three lives she took. I fucking hate her. Seriously? You decided to have three kids because of the three lives that you took? You guys, this woman is a mom. This is not right. This is not what, what is wrong with this world? I fucking hate her. I hope she's living a miserable life, which I do here in Canada. She's walking around there, you know. I did hear that she is getting heckled a lot and that the people still are not happy even now here in 2023 (laughs) that Carla is a free woman. And I think she changed her name because of how much she got harassed, but don't quote me on that. But what's even more disgusting of her not having these kids is that she's a a PTA mom. She like volunteers at the school and she gets involved in the school with the kids. She does not need to be around kids. Now, I hope, 
like I said, I read that she's getting harassed and I hope that she's living a horrible, miserable life. I hope she's not happy. And I just pray for the three children that she has, that they grow up to be beautiful people. And I hope that she's treating them well. That's all I ask for. If you're going to walk free, Carla, and you're going to have kids, like just, just be a kind mom, please. You're dangerous, and I'm sure you're going to offend again, and I don't want to read about you in the in the news with your kids, okay? Oh, boy, you guys. That case is hard and disgusting, and I'm sorry I had to give that to you so early, but like I said, I don't want to do the toy box killer. I think next week I'll give you a more lighthearted case. Now, when I say lighthearted, it's still going to be bad, but – Nothing with rape or anything. Nothing with torture. I will give you something a little different. Maybe maybe I'll bring you a survival story next week after this horrific one. This case is just a lot to process. Carla, really, the police did make a deal with the devil. She is... Ugh, I can't even... I don't even know words for either one of them. And when they meet their day in hell, I hope they're tortured and burned and all the bad things that could possibly happen to you in hell on the regular. So that was the Ken and Barbie killers. You guys, as always, I will post to my Instagram. I'm going to figure out how to post multiple photos on Instagram from a desktop. <laughs> I can't do it on my mobile because of my personal ones on there, um, but I'm going to figure it out. And I am still trying to work on getting this on other platforms like iTunes and Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. Your girl here is uh, not smart when it comes to that stuff. So I promise I will get it out there. But for now, you can enjoy me on Anchor and Spotify. And I will talk to everybody later. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye. Bye.